everybody. So we are the Hallmarkers Podcast, and I'm Rachel, and we are here to finally talk about the countdown to Valentine's Day movies, and Amber is here with me. Hi, everybody. Did you have a good Valentine's Day? Yeah, I did. Um, kept the tradition alive where, you know, watch Pride and Prejudice, eat Chinese food. Nice. I mean, really, you can't, you can't beat it. No. I agree. That sounds really fun. And uh, yeah, I had my tradition of always doing my own uh, Valentine. So that was a lot of fun. And, uh, and uh, how cute was our Valentine that Rachel designed? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. We'll have to put that, uh, to put that up here. But uh, if you guys missed it on the Instagram, but we had a, a lot of fun doing that. And so I hope you all had great Valentines and I hope you had fun watching these movies, uh, we are, we're going to talk about four movies, and they had three that were officially Countdown to Valentine's Day, but then they had another that was just kind of floating out there, and so we're going to talk about it in The Wedding March 3. So it should be pretty fun. <laughs> about the very first one that aired, and this is My Secret Valentine. Okay. Okay. So this movie starred Andrew Walker and Lacey Chabert, two definite Hall stars. Mm-hmm. And what was your overall thoughts about this movie? I mean, so up front, I was, you know, even when they were tw- Instagramming pictures of this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be one of the most amazing Hallmark movies of all time. It yeah. has Andrew Walker, it has Lacey Chabert. It's going to be so great. And spoiler alert, it was not. I know there's going to be a lot of people who super disagree with me, and maybe, in its defense, although I don't think so, maybe I just had too high of expectations. But I was... I mean, I was over it. I I don't think that, uh, I mean, I had high expectations, but I don't think that that's the reason why it wasn't good. I, I think it was genuinely not a good movie and it was very frustrating. And I was the one live tweeting this, which may have been part of the reason why it was cursed because I seem to be cursed with live tweeting the bad movies. Just thought I would sort of read real quick some of my tweets. You could see sort of the, the chain of uh, of sort of disappointment and frustration. Yeah, as it goes. But, but but first, I just have to do some inside baseball. We do. We like we negotiate who's going to tweet what because you know there's some that we're super excited for and some that we're not super excited for. And when it's ones that we're super excited for, I fight tooth and nail to get them. Yeah. And then when Rachel gets them, they always end up being disappointing. So you guys, here's the thing. If Rachel is tweeting, watch out. It's going to be bad. And if I'm tweeting, it's going to surprise you how great it is. Right. It's true. It really is. I had to do uh, uh, the uh, Mr. Christmas one. I had to do Engaging Father Christmas, which was like... Sorry. I just think it's the best that we refuse to use its stupid name. (laughs) It was like a spiral into insanity, Engaging Father Christmas for me. And uh, I had to do Winter's Dream, which I hated. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just been a rough, a rough ride. But so I just thought it was kind of funny. So I start out, I'm like, she really is being pretty judgy, toned it down a bit. So I'm like, a little critical, but not, you know, not too bad. <laughs> then my next tweet is, it's something called customer service. Maybe they don't have that where you're from. He's literally been spending his entire week servicing a customer. That was yeah, very it's okay. 
Yeah, and then uh, and then I have she's criticizing him for his big city ways, but she is also from the big city, having left the vineyard. And then I have Chloe's verging on unlikable, and then I have I have no idea why Seth would even be interested in Chloe with how she's treating him. And then it finally gets down to I I hate Chloe. <laughs> I it's it's so true. I mean. This movie, I don't know what it was, but Chloe was not a likable character. No. All of her choices, all of her responses were just selfish and irritating and immature. Yeah. So anytime she did anything, I was like super irritated. I mean, frankly, even just the premise of her giving the person who's renting her house to do's is actually kind of rude. Could you imagine going to hotels and being like, them being like, while you're here, please uh, fix the hot water because there is none? Good luck. Like, what? That's kind of funny. It's really weird. And in the moment, I didn't quite like, it didn't, but after the fact, I was like, even that is weird and selfish. Yeah. I mean, the guy being like, oh, you know, I saw this was broken, so I fixed it for you. She should be like, thank you so much. The end. Not, here's this toolbox I bought. Go for it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, and I think it was made even more of a contrast because Andrew Walker's character, Seth, was so great. Like, he was amazing. He, like, is putting on foreign accents for her and becoming a becoming a Texan, you know, to help her get the sale and all this stuff. And he does all of this nice stuff where he's like the perfect man. I mean, he's already handsome, of course. <laughs> like he was so nice the whole time. And <laughs> I, I mean, I just about lost it when, <laughs> when she, after her, him helping her the whole day, uh, she comes home and writes on the thing, like, how do I deal with this big jerk at work? And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, you're insane. Okay. Also, let's talk about how everyone's like, you'll be so good at running the winery. And I'm like, she couldn't even close a sale. He had to do that for her. Yeah, right. And so, I mean, I guess if we assume that he stays there forever and they get married and he's the one who goes out and sells their wine, maybe their wine won't fail. Yeah. But I don't have a lot of faith because she's too selfish. And he's too wonderful for this to last. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I, and she's like a complete idiot for not realizing that it is him staying in this house. Like the whole concept was such a stretch. I mean, it's one thing for, for people to be like pen pals or whatever, but like to not realize who's staying in your house, like, come on, give me a break. It just kind of seems like terrible landlordship frankly ridiculous and my dad i ran actually ran vacation rentals for a long time so it's 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 a it's ridiculous completely ridiculous and and what did he like why was he so evil like what was like he was offering to help them in every way and it's not like she went to her dad and was like here's my plan here's the things that we could do that will you know make things better and I mean, she's supposed to be considering this offer from her boss at work. Yeah, she's. You know? uh, I don't feel like it's going to be productive to <laughs> berate her character. And I honestly, I don't feel like it was Lacey Chabert's fault because I do think Lacey's a Lacey Chabert 
is quite talented and handles it. And it's not her fault that the past several characters that she's had to play have been selfish weirdos. Like, it's not her fault. Yeah. It's just what Hallmark's been casting her as. And I want to be like, yo. So weird. Yo, Bill. Bill Abbott. Listen, <laughs> give Lizzie Chabert a nice person. Yes. So yeah, hopefully just... when she goes to Africa, or she gets to play a nice person. Yeah, I hope so. Because she's so sweet. Like, what is wrong? Like, it's so weird. And, and it was just frustrating because it really did have a lot of potential. But it just, oh, she was, she was just, and it, 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 it was just very frustrating. And so I want to talk for a second about You've Got Mail. Okay, okay. Rachel, y'all, spoiler alert. <laughs> for the next couple minutes, you're going to hear about Rachel's heart. Yes. And that is her heart's mate. It's her heart is actually a You've Got Mail DVD. So just Okay. So I love You've Got Mail. If you listen to our podcast with Greg, uh, which you should, it was really fun. Uh, I talked about that it was one of my favorite romantic movies of all time. And it's written by Nora Ephron, who is my favorite writer. And uh, she, outside maybe Jane Austen, she's amazing. And I just love that movie. I think it has so much to say about how we identify ourselves with our jobs. And I, I just love the chemistry. There's a million things I could go on, like you say, for many, many minutes. But the thing is, is this movie tried to be You've Got Mail many times and it failed. And I, I felt like saying, Hallmark, you don't understand what makes You've Got Mail good. Because You've Got Mail, it takes place over the course of over a year, first of all. And they actually, like, give reason for conflict, right? Mm -hmm. so, like, they, they have this scene in this movie where they're at the diner and she's waiting for, you know, handyman to show up. And Andrew Walker's character shows up. It's obviously trying to mimic the scene from You've Got Mail in the diner, in the cafe or whatever. But the thing is, is that Joe had actually done rude things. He was actually, you know, there was a reason why she was being a jerk to him because he was actually a jerk. And so like, it makes sense and it's kind of funny and the actors can pull it off and it works. And so, but with, uh, with this, he had done anything, right? I mean, yeah. And frankly, also there, her, the date where handyman didn't show up, um, was ended up just being a cute date with Seth. Like <laughs> he didn't, she didn't send him away. Like, uh, you're the worst go away garbage face. She was like, ah, we're secretly in love. She was just kind of rude though. I, I was just like, Oh, made me so annoyed. And like, they only have like a couple messages on the, on the chalkboards. And one of them is like a to-do list. Like you said, Whereas, like, in You've Got Mail, this is a multi-month correspondence that is, you know, that they share their souls and who they are and whatever. And so it just, it didn't, it was so hollow at the end, because at the end of You've Got Mail, she says, I really wanted it to be you. But this is only after she had lost the, lost the store and had spent many months kind of rebuilding her life. And he had been tweaking on her, you know, special assignment kind of thing and trying to win her back. So all of this stuff had happened. And so it's more believable when she says, I so I wanted it to be you. When she says, I was secretly hoping it was you all along. It is in this movie. It was completely unbelievable. You're like, I wrote on Twitter. I was like, could have fooled me. 
Like literally less than 30 seconds before that, she was like, he's scum and I just wish he would fall into a vat of alcohol and die. Like she's the worst. The only reason why she even likes him is because he ripped up the contract to buy her place. Yeah. And it's just absurd, first of all. That he because she's the worst. Right. And then she's like, oh, it's him. And then he's like, hey, I'm me. She's, I thought, it, I always wished it was you. Baloney. Yeah, it was Baloney. garbage. And it just made me so irritated because I'm just like, you know, it's something that I love and, and you're, you're trying to imitate it, but you're doing it badly. It's like one of these horrible Disney remakes that like, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's very frustrating. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't feel like we're going to get any more productive <laughs> talking about this. Okay. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that I gave this 1.8 crowns. <laughs> I think that's fair. And I, literally know, I, all of those are Andrew Walker's. Yeah. He earned all of them by himself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was tempted to give it two just for him, just because he was pulling out accents. He was trying, he was excited uh, but yeah, I agree. I'm 1.5 for me. And in my ranking, I've seen 14 Hallmark movies so far in 2018, new Hallmark movies. And I, I have it at number 13. So hmm. yeah, because I, because in Winter's Dream, I didn't even like Dean Kane. Like I didn't even have that. So at least this has Andrew Walker that I liked. Yeah. Which kind of leads me to believe that is it possible for an Andrew Walker movie to get less than a one and a half? I don't believe so. I don't think so. Probably <laughs> not. You're right. You're right. And I probably, I think I gave Winter's Dream two, two crowns, but I'd rather if I, uh, I don't know, man, that's tough. What, which one would I rather watch? I really hated both. But anyway, so let's keep going. Let's be more positive here. <laughs> And let us know. I know a lot of people love this movie. If you love it, defend it in the comments or on Twitter. Let us know why we're wrong. We love to hear from you. So next we have a very different on the spectrum, at least for me. Uh, we have Very, Very Valentine. And it's so funny because for my secret Valentine, I have like 30 lines of notes. And for this, I have like seven. Because <laughs> I just was like, it was so great. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's kind of funny how that is that way. Um, but it's so this movie it's about this florist named Helen played by Danica McKellar and she meets this mystery man played by Damon Runyon at this masquerade ball where she is attending with her friend her best friend from all these years named Henry who's played by Cameron Matheson and this movie was such a delight i i just really enjoyed it of course you were live tweeting it of course <laughs> <laughs> um but danica mckellar she knows how to pick scripts yeah um this script is really great it's written by marcy holland um who also was you know co-wrote or worked on the cooking with love script as well okay. so it was a marcy holland weekend for me um but yeah, yeah it was it was so good it really was. And I mean, I'm trying to think of, I mean, the, I guess I wasn't that high on Campfire Kiss, but it wasn't terrible. It was fine. I just didn't love it. Mm -hmm. But like, I can't think of one that I really hated with her in it. She's, she just knows how to pick pretty good scripts. I think. Danica. Yeah. yeah she's, she's good. And she, she pulls it off 
really well. She's yeah. she's incredible. My favorite thing about Danica McKellar is that she, like, when she gets to that point where she's just about to well up and get emotional, and she she's so good at that, I think. I love that in um, Coming Home for Christmas. I love that in just a lot of her, uh, in um, Wedding Bells, I love that at the end of that movie. And she's getting all tearing up and everything. It's so good. Uh, so I think that she just is so good with that kind of emotion. It, yeah, it's definitely her bread and butter. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so I don't even know what to say about this movie. As I was watching it, I was just so excited. I was suddenly it's Cinderella, and then it just kind of morphs into all of these different things. It's sort of a Cyrano de Bergerac thing. And it just kept being like a clever take on all of these classic tropes, kind of all yeah. mushed together yeah. and done very well. Yeah. Um, and I think part of the reason is because all of the characters were well-defined. You knew like what their motivations were, what they were trying to do. And all of the actors really understood their characters because I was never like, well, why is this person doing this? Yeah. Yeah. They were all super likable. They all had really great chemistry together. I really liked Damon Runyon. Like sometimes the other guy can be a little much, but he was so charming and great and I, I mean like and also yeah. awful but like in such a great way yeah in such an actual believable bad guy kind of way yeah like I a, mean, yeah it, he wasn't, wasn't a, like a mustachioed villain kind of yeah he wasn't yeah. a mustache that's what i was gonna say actually <laughs> a mustache twirling villain he he was he's actually the kind of a jerk that i would fall in love with in real life and then find out he's a terrible jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you could totally see why. Because sometimes in these, you're just like, what is going on? Like, this guy is such a tool. Uh, but, like, you could totally see why she was interested in him and attracted him and everything. It totally made sense. Yeah, because even though he was a total jerk, he was a super charming pants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so much. So much, and this movie looked so great. They did such a great job, like the masquerade. Well, I really liked, I know she said it was a pain in the neck, but that mask was really beautiful. Yeah. What did you think of her dress? Did you like the the white dress with black flowers? Um, I did, except for I couldn't stop thinking, well, I mean, that's just a wedding dress with black flowers sewn on. (laughs) I mean, and it was beautiful, but I was a little bit like, Mm, you just took a wedding dress and sewed black flowers onto it. You can't trick me. <laughs> but I didn't mind being <clears throat> them trying to trick me because it looked yeah. great. Yeah, my friend who I actually watched this with a friend, so that's that's um, <laughs> landmark day. But uh, <laughs> anyway, my friend didn't like the dress because she just I know she just thought the black flowers weren't pretty. She would have rather had a different color. I but guess. it was a black and white ball. Oh, was it? Yeah, I, I forgot that. But anyway, she didn't like the dress. She didn't like it. I thought it was kind of fun. I enjoyed it. I thought it was Yeah, I enjoyed it. Sorry, I liked it a lot better than the coming home for Christmas dress. The blue dress. You know how I felt about that. (laughs) I think it was was really pretty. Blue's not a Christmas color. How about you save some stuff for Hanukkah? (laughs) But I I just, I thought the, the ball looked so pretty. It was very magical. Kind of reminded me almost of like Ever After or the Cinderella most recent Cinderella times just they just did a good job making yeah. everything look magical and 
and whatever. And uh, I, I guess you, you, you were bothered by some of the fake flowers. I didn't even notice, to be honest. I wasn't bothered by the fake flowers per se, um, because the arrangements they did were pretty nice. Uh-huh. But also, like, if you were doing a movie where she's a florist and he's like a botanist expert, come on, get real flowers. <laughs> I mean, and I understand that they were fake flowers because they were making a flower that she created and it had like a heart shape in it. Uh-huh. I understand on those. <laughs> but there were some of the other ones that were fake, but there were some real ones thrown in there. So yeah. Meh, it wasn't a huge, like, Okay. distraction for me i was they did a pretty decent job too with the fake flowers i i i i wouldn't have noticed if you hadn't told me so i guess i'm just i don't have my uh, fake flower radar on yeah but, uh, rachel is incapable of realizing when they are covering up someone being pregnant or yes. where there are fake floral arrangements it's true it really is and so anyway yeah we get this great ending oh my gosh i love the ending so much because henry is going to go to Phoenix, he's gonna move. And that's when, of course, she realizes that, oh no, I really actually like, you know, the best friend's actually the right one. Like you're saying, using a trope, but doing it really well. And, and we get the uh, the airport call mm-hmm. in this case. Uh, and I liked it what you said about how the, uh, the chases to the airports have gotten a, a little less exciting since TSA. I mean, right? Let's talk, like, Love actually, they run to the airport and they find that girl, and yeah. I mean, they sneak through security, blah 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 blah. But like, spoiler alert for Love Actually, <laughs> um, but they—it's just like less, int- like it's less yeah, no suspenseful, and it's just like, hey, <laughs> hey Rachel, yeah. are you gonna answer? <laughs> and you know, like it's not. Yeah. It's not suspenseful. Right. It's fine, though, as a device, because what else are you going to do? Yeah. And so, yeah, they have the ending where he, she has one more thing to deliver, and she goes to the botanical gardens, and there he is, and it's very, very great. Yeah. And, oh, I mean, I'm all for, for commitment. So it was great. I honestly teared up a little bit because it was so sweet and beautiful. I mean, team this movie. Pretty excited about it. Yeah. Not gonna lie. I mean, I really didn't have anything, any real criticisms with it. I don't know. I thought it was just about as good as it gets for Hallmark movies. <laughs> give it. I am actually going to give it four and a half crowns. Okay, I'll agree with you. I'll give it four and a half. We're still early, so it's hard to give the perfect five. Well, this is my new uh, philosophy, uh-huh. is I will watch the movie if I think it's super good, uh-huh. and possibly in five territory. I will then watch Nine Lives of Christmas, and then watch that movie again. Yeah. And if it's not as good or better than Nine Lives of Christmas, it doesn't get a five. I think I might, I might like this better than uh, the uh, Rachel Christmas. Rachel. <laughs> I give them, I think, about the same. I think I like them both about the same. Well, anyway, you gave it a four and a half. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah, but that's actually probably a good way to go about it. Like, take your favorite and then compare it. Yeah, that's probably, maybe I'll watch uh, Trading Christmas or something like that and compare it. My ranking, I have it at number one. 
Yeah, you do. I have it at number one. I have uh, it, it just before one winter weekend is number two. So there we go. There we go. Okay, so let's talk about the Cooking with Love. This movie reminded me a lot of Recipe for Love, which is one of my favorite. It's definitely one of the sexiest Hallmark movies. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where they're baking bread, which is, is probably as close to the uh, pottery wheel scene and ghost as we're ever going to get in a Hallmark movie. It's pretty sexy and they have great chemistry and it's one I really, really like. Yeah. So, uh, so the, I, I was kind of comparing it a little bit to that um, because they're both about a television producer that has to deal with this, this chef who's this, uh, you know, know-it-all kind of whatever uh, chef. So there's a lot of similarities. She stars Ali Liebert and she's been in a number of different ones, including a gift to remember at Christmas, which we liked, and on Chesapeake Shores. Mm-hmm. And, and I love her. She's yeah, my she, fave. She's one of my faves. Yeah. She's so, just the best. She's so sweet. And uh, she plays this producer of this uh, television show, this children's television cooking show. And you have to buy, you just have to sort of set reality aside. Because obviously in real life, they would like film all of this and then air it. But in this movie, they're like airing it live. Unless it's a show where people vote. I mean, I don't know the elimination structure of this reality show, but it could be, yeah, it could be an American Idol sort of thing where they, the audience votes every week for who, yada, yada, yada. That's true. There you go. I guess that's a loophole. You can get around it. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Who cares? And uh, and so she, they end up having to hire last minute this chef played by Brett Dalton. And as far as I could see, I think this is his Hallmark debut. Yes, this is his Hallmark debut. So what did you think of him and their chemistry? Um, I really liked him. I hope he does more. Um, he, I know him from uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh. Um, and he's, he's quite different, but kind of not. Um but he's just super handsome. Um, but I did think that their chemistry was pretty good. Um, and I think he did a great job when he was acting with the kids. So mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of like the, the way you know somebody's worthwhile to have back on Hallmark as if they're good with kids. Um, so yeah, I thought they were good. Yeah, he was pretty good. I didn't uh, have a, I didn't think they had like, great chemistry together but it wasn't horrible either so i don't know it was fine i guess and uh, you know he's the tough chef and but i do agree a hundred percent that he was so cute with the kids yeah and uh, the all the stuff with the kids was really good it worked really well um so kimberly susted is in this it's she seemed like she was wasted in this movie yeah way underutilized kimberly susted she her already say her last name as everyone knows, she is my absolute favorite Hallmark lady. Yeah. I'm, she just is. Yeah. She's the funniest. Yeah. Even in the background of this, she'd make like a face and it would be amazing. <laughs> um, so she's the best and should be in every Hallmark movie that they will let her. That she wants. She should be in every Hallmark movie she wants to be in. Because she's so talented. But it's frustrating when like she's way underused. Yeah, she was too super underutilized. Um, and the scenes where it was her and Allie Liebert together, magic. Yeah. They were the, they were the best scenes. Mm-hmm. 
And you're not supposed to have the best scenes with the friend and the main girl. Like, yeah. Well, and I, for me, this movie started a little slow, but then like, I felt like once they, he was like helping her cook and once I don't know, I, I felt like it kind of picked up for me. Yeah. yeah. I didn't actually feel any sort of lagging or anything with it. So I felt completely fine with it. Okay. Um, and I loved the bad guy, the Jeremy Preston Vanderslice guy, such an evil villain, <laughs> so slightly over the top. And I was there for it. I appreciated it. Cause even though he was ridiculous and over the top, it was like all super grounded in, he was just overly ambitious and he was willing to cut throats and get the, get to the top. So it like, it felt believable to me. Hmm. I yeah, I <laughs> that. It wasn't my favorite, but but uh, but yeah, I just thought the 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 cute uh, chemistry when they were cooking and the cute scenes with uh, them and the kids and stuff was what made this movie really work for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, I mean, I give this somewhere around three and a half crowns. Interesting. I ended up giving this three point nine crowns. Ooh, yeah. Okay, cool. Good. All right. One last one. So we have the wedding March three, March three, here comes the bride. And so when we first started that, if you listen to our summer nights, our very, one of our very first podcasts, uh, I mentioned when talking about summer in the vineyard, I was like, yeah, I watched this because I was talking about how I didn't like Hallmark sequels. And I was like, I watched this one with Jack Wagner and it was so boring and I didn't like it and blah, blah, blah. And I, I couldn't remember the name. I wasn't as prepared then as I am now. And uh, <laughs> and that's the one I was talking about was Wedding March 2. And uh, so it was one of my least favorite of last year. And I do think that this movie is slightly better than Wedding March 2. Because Wedding March 2, first of all, their relationship, and we'll talk about this in Wedding March 3, but their relationship makes no sense to me. Like, they're like living together but like they're working and in in the second one like they weren't even dating she comes she moves all the way up there to be together but then immediately he's like oh we don't want to date that's too much that's too fast so they like end up becoming just like working together and it was just weird it was so strange it's like why would you move up there if you're not you're like dating this person it was very weird mm-hmm. and and then they had this you know how i don't like insufferable annoying brides in the second one, they had this bride who was the worst <laughs> and not in a funny way, at least to me. I thought she was awful. And, uh, and so that made it just like, it was very bad. And so in this one, you have Olivia and Mick and their weird relationship is still continuing on. <laughs> and I don't know, like, maybe I'm wrong. I'm 37. I feel like once you're like 45 plus and you meet somebody that you like, just get married. Just give it a shot. You know, like you're past the childbearing ages, you know, like just, just get married, try it out. I don't know. Like the idea of like just stretching this out for it. Cause like you're a 20 year old insecure kind of don't know what you want in life. Like you're 40, like you're in your forties, like, you know what you want. Like, you know who you are. Like if you've found somebody you're compatible with, I don't know, maybe that's radical, but that's just kind of what I think. (laughs) No, I agree. I'm like, how about this is okay. I'm going to get back on my soapbox, which I was on for the last time. Sequels can work 
if the relationships progress within the sequels. So, like, in the first one, they can start dating. In the second one, at the end, they can get engaged. In the end of the third one, they can get married. In the end of the fourth one, they can have a kid. Yeah. Things like that. If you just... Otherwise, why do I care about their relationship? Because based on the track record from the sequel, where nothing improved, I have to assume they'll never get married. Yeah. Well, and, and it was so close. I thought at the end of this one, I'm like, why aren't you asking her to, like, I, I, I was so glad that, that, we'll talk about Gabrielle Miller, but when she finally gives him the speech of, like, you're not somebody to give advice here, buddy, like, in relationships and make a commitment. Like, she, and I, I, I put on there, and I was like, on the live tweet, because of course I live tweeted this, and I, I was like, uh, yeah, she's speaking for the audience right now. Cause all of us are like, who are you to tell anybody who to marry or how to make commitments or whatever? Cause like, <laughs> I don't know, it's just so, so weird to me. And I guess we're supposed to believe that they're like not intimate and we're supposed to just believe that they're just like working together, but kind of dating. And like, even at the beginning of this one, they were getting pretty like, the kissing was pretty strong for Hallmark, I would say. And I don't know. I was just like, I don't understand this dynamic. I don't get it. It's I don't even believe that they have hashtag Hallmark chastity. <laughs> I think they are living in sin. And also, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Mick is a child. And he still thinks that he's 20 years old. And that's why they're not committing. Because he doesn't know who he is. Because he's ridiculous. But he thinks he and I don't care. All you Jack life. Wagner fans, come at me and fight me about this. I will defend my position. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he thinks he can tell everyone else how to live their life. You're just yeah, like... Like a 20-year-old. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I just took AP. Not AP, because that's high school. <laughs> I just took Psych 101. Yeah. So I absolutely know everything. Right. That's why me and my band are going to be super successful. (laughs) So, yeah, you have this other plot of his daughter and her boyfriend and uh, I, boyfriend Wyatt, and I was totally on Team Wyatt. Like, this is a weird idea that she has. Like, why doesn't, if she wants to become a chef, like, go to culinary school like a normal human being? Or, like, wherever he's going to school... I'm sure there's other places that she can like apprentice in and like, you know, I'll, I'll wash dishes, whatever. Like, uh, you know, and you work, if you want to go that way and work your way up the, the restaurant chain. Um, but like expecting him to like give up everything so that she can live her dream in this super particular, super precise way. You know, like she wasn't willing to like explore any other, you know, like it had to be in this place in this situation and the idea that she would just like magically know how to cook all of these foods for a crowd and be able to cater events like that you know like maybe she is a culinary genius i don't know but it seemed a little ridiculous to me and so i was totally on his side i'm like you are being really inflexible and really lame yeah i am 100 percent team wyatt um and also when he was like okay, you're going to go leave and do this thing. I'm going to assume we're going to break up. So let's just break up now. Yeah, right. And I'm like, yeah, agreed. Right. And, but first of all, I mean, I guess this is Hallmark. And who are we to tell someone they can't be a chef? 
because <laughs> as we know, there are so many chefs in the world that are nece necessary. Yeah. So I'm sure there's going to be a market for her to be a chef. But, but why does she have to do it there? You know, like they already have the, like the, the, the guy who's, they already have a chef. Do they need two chefs? And They're going to fire him for her. I guess. It's so weird. Anyway, and so that was lame. I didn't like that. The saving grace, the reason why this one is better than the second was Gabrielle Miller was, was good. She she's amazing. In. She's so great. Everyone I know knows I love trading Christmas. She's in trading Christmas. And I, I tweeted out, I'm like, trading Christmas alum, woohoo! And she actually responded. It was really cool. And uh, I, I just love her. She's so warm. She's so great. Her plot line was a little bit fun, I think. Yeah. And I was happy that Peter Benson ended up with his girl for once, um, instead of being just like the wrong guy. <laughs> and you, I... Did you I call know. it? Did you call it that he was like buying your address or did you think he was as bad? Well, Hallmark people don't really cheat on other people, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Um, I don't think I saw the dress thing coming, but yeah, I was like, once they went down the path of thinking he was cheating, I was like, oh, so it's not that. Yeah. It's so funny to me how like, I, I, I wrote on the Twitter, I'm like, uh, this guy's talking on a cell phone in the car. That usually means he's a jerk. <laughs> yeah but like if it was just like i really have a ton of business meetings then yeah. absolutely they were not gonna end up together but once they were like i think he's cheating on me i was like right. oh so he's not cheating on you gotcha good call yeah that's true <laughs> um but i was honestly mick just drives me insane yeah. him being such a whiny baby about this guy leaving 20 years ago <laughs> when they were doing a gig, when Mick plays the keyboards. That's literally all he does this whole movie is play the piano. Yeah. So like, they were like, oh, the band couldn't do anything because we didn't have a keyboardist. First of all, you play the keyboard. Second of all, he's allowed to live his own life and your band was clearly failing. So why? you're the worst he's just and he's like and because he did that i know that he's a terrible human being <laughs> yeah i put on twitter i was like yeah he 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 bailed on you know when his college days he bailed on a thing so that means he should never marry in life you know like that's yeah pretty, pretty rough <laughs> okay not like you bailed on your girl in college you dweeb <laughs> that's true because he he, he Bailed on, a, like him and Olivia, whatever, had that thing. I, yeah, it was ridiculous. I mean, I was glad that she actually called him out on that and was like, you're being, you know, you're being dumb. Like, who are you to give advice? I wish he had gotten more. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't understand Olivia. Like, why doesn't she, like, I don't know. Like, she's just, she's not a strong character. And not that every character has to be, like, big and bold and strong or whatever, but, like, She's just kind of there. She doesn't really have any personality. She's not like, I don't know. Especially in this one. She did nothing. Yeah. They don't I mean, really explain. I guess she, they danced cleaning up, but frankly, that's not character development. That's just no. dancing. Like, is she fine with this waiting? If I guess they're adults. If that's what they want to do, that's fine. But it just seems hard to believe that that's really what she wants, that she doesn't want any commitment. But we never find anything. We never know. We never hear from her. 
So anyway, yeah, this movie, I, I mean, I, I give it a tiny bit of credit just because I did think it was better than the second one. But, uh, I mean, it didn't have anybody that I wanted to like strangle like the second one, that insufferable bride. Uh, but, (laughs) uh, yeah. So, uh, how many crowns are you giving this one? (laughs) It's super petty. Um, but I gave it 1.81 crowns because I wanted it to be just a little more than my secret Valentine because I was mad at my secret Valentine. You did 1.81? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Very good. <laughs> uh, I'll give it two crowns. And I have it at number 12 in my ranking. But really, I don't know. It's hard because I... It's I mean, hard. I'll never... I won't watch it again unless... No, we do know when they have <laughs> Wedding March 4 come out. I'll probably have to have a refresher, but... But yeah, I have it... I have the Emma Fielding one at 11 because that one was boring to me. And then I have my secret Valentine at, at uh, 13. So there you go. There you uh, have it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we got the delightful news that we're getting <laughs> March 4. So I don't know who these movies are made for, but obviously. Congratulations. Not, it's obviously not for either of us. So yeah. yeah. And anyway. if you guys get, why these movies are so great uh please feel free to mention that in the comments somewhere so that maybe we can understand because frankly i'm not getting it to me the best part was emily Tennant, and guess what she's gone yeah and yeah like i said gabrielle miller was fun in this one so hopefully i guess she'll be back for the next one we'll see but anyway yeah i please let us know we need to know uh, so this weekend on Hallmark Channel, we have uh, Royal Hearts, a new movie on Saturday, uh, Cindy Busby and James Brolin. And basically like her father finds out that they uh, have this property. It turns out it's actually a castle and they're actually a king. And uh, it's, it looks like it's actually filmed like at an actual castle. Yeah. Which is proud of them. Proud yeah. of you. <laughs> Um, what are your what are you thinking about this? Are you excited for it? Not excited? I am actually super excited about it. Yeah. Um, mostly because the guy playing her like love interest is actually British. Yeah. So like his <laughs> accent won't be terribly fake. Right. Yeah, and it's not an Ovia. I forget what the name is, but I remember it was not an Ovia. It's an Ia though. It's like Melania. Yeah. I know it's not Melania, but it's like right, it. Right, right. Hey, at least it's not an Ovia. But uh, but anyway, yeah, so hopefully that'll be fun. Uh, hopefully we'll enjoy it. They have, we have three in the next, uh, just uh, in the next month and a half or so, we have three royal movies coming out. So it's pretty exciting. Yes. Uh, gearing up for the royal wedding. <laughs> and I always watch these royal ones comparing, to me at least, Crown for Christmas is the best one. So uh, I'll, I will be, I mean, I'll get it out and watch it again, uh, to, to see. So yeah, we have that. And then on Sunday is our next episode of When Calls the Heart on Friday. Make sure you catch our recap of the last episode that we're going to have. We have Ruth Hill joining us as a regular contributor on that, uh, recap show, I guess. And it's called, so, 
It's called When Calls the Hallmarkies. When Calls the Hallmarkies. Yes. And so make sure that you look out for that on Friday. It's really fun. And, and so anyway, we have a new episode coming up on Sunday. And then there's also the Meet the Pete's, which I hope you guys got a chance to listen to our little, it was only 16 minutes, but it was fun to recap the premiere. And so I hope you guys enjoyed that. So check that out. And uh, we are next week. It's going to be fun. We're doing a special episode of the podcast where we are going to be reviewing two of the premieres that are on Hallmark, Mo- Hallmark Movies now, uh, Once Upon a Winter's Date, and, uh, and then The Storyteller. Those are world premieres that are on the uh, subscription service. Hallmark movies now and then each of us are going to pick an additional so we'll have four movies total that we're going to talk about and it'll be fun yeah you guys uh watch it and you'll enjoy it yeah so definitely at least watch the storyteller and once upon a winter's date and we'll be ready to talk about them next week it's gonna be great <laughs> so all right well thank you so much uh for listening and for joining us and amber where can people find you as always, people can find me. I'm at Amber Brainwaves on Twitter, and that's it. Awesome. And you can uh, follow me at SmilingLDSGirl on social media and at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and YouTube. So check that out. And make sure you're following us at Hallmarkies Pod on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere. That's fun. Uh, we are on, and we really appreciate you giving us your ratings and everything like that uh, in iTunes and SoundCloud and all of it. <laughs> we really appreciate it. And uh, thanks so much. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.